This is Season 6, Episode 11 of Beyond the Illusion. Creative Wellness with Valerie Bachman. In this episode, we have a conversation with Valerie Bachman. If you've been with us since the beginning of this podcast, then you might remember Valerie from Season 1. She brought her giant crystal bowls into my house and almost rattled it to the ground with some insane sound waves. If you haven't heard that episode, I highly recommend it. Valerie rejoins us in this episode from her own private wellness campus that she's created in South Austin called Mandala Hills, and we have a great conversation with her. Let's go to that conversation now. to have you back on the podcast i was i told tim i i looked i was like when was that oh my gosh that was the very first season episode six back in august of 2019 i was like wow, wow. three years normally not a lot might have changed in three years in in our lifetime but these particular three years i think from 2019 till now most people have kind of lived like a another lifetime in that amount of time so yeah i'd love to have you catch us up with what has been going on. It sounds like a lot of shift as far as the things that you offer and so excited to kind of hear about that. Yeah. And thanks for having me back. That's crazy. It's been three years. Yeah. I don't, I think I just started building out Mandala Hills or was, did I have anything built then? I think you had a little, some of it built. Like the yurt maybe. So it's officially turning into like the healing sanctuary space. And there's a rental cabin that's called the getaway all by itself out on some land. And then the yurt is here. Currently we're kind of shifting it into um, a reception lounge and retail space as well as rentable too. And retail being, I want to bring in different friends and artists who have their products or whatever that I can help sell that and really building out the community, a a much needed community based on wellness and nature and each other. And then we have a brand new studio looking out my window at it. Just tucked in the trees, it's really sweet. Downstairs is a big open space for um, retreats or classes. We've got a few teachers here for yoga and Pilates. And we have West African drumming and dancing on Sundays. And then upstairs is two office spaces, but I'm about to reevaluate and reorganize the use of that and make it weekday, like Monday through Thursday, maybe half day Friday available workspace for anyone who wants to come work out here remotely for even a day getaway or bring clients out here and then open it up to glamping on the weekends or both. So maybe like a Murphy bed and an office space and it's overlooking all these trees. It's so beautiful. And then the future, what, is on the plate is some more stay the night places so it can be more of a retreat based um place lovely and how many minutes drive um outside of austin is it we're in austin technically we're 20 minutes from downtown oh that's not far at all nice yeah yeah, yeah. It feels like you're pretty far out but it's really only it's kind of it's still technically austin 
and then it's just into Hayes County. So we're 20 minutes from say downtown Dripping Springs, uh, maybe 30, 25, 30 minutes from Wimberley and 20 minutes from downtown Austin. What about all the, these different things? I went to your website, all these different things that you're offering now. Because last time, you know, I just knew you as like sound healer. And then I was like, wow, what is this emotion code and body code? And you, now you do NLP and, and hypnosis. And so I'm curious, I've heard of this emotion code, but I don't know what it is. Would you yeah. mind kind of explaining what that is? Yeah, uh, Dr. Bradley Nelson started this a while back started with emotion code and now it's the next step is body code and I'm a bit obsessed with it. So the premise is really using the governing meridian, which runs from the top of your lip, up your forehead, all the way down your spine. And that's the meridian where intentional energy comes in and then it goes throughout the body. So you're using like kinesiology or muscle testing either on a person or I do it proxy. So I just do it on myself as the person. And I'm really just talking to your subconscious with your permission. Then you can either be totally zoning out on the sound bed, have a little body work done. And then, and then I'll just go in either with you listening and actively participating and clearing, or you don't even have to. And what it is is so you end up using, you can use an app or things written written out, categorized to make it easier so you don't have to ask a million questions to find out. So say if you came in and said, you know, I'm just not sleeping very well, I don't know what's going on, or I'm feeling really anxious, I have no idea. So if, so okay, let's do some body code. And then I would just tap into your subconscious or their subconscious and then ask, is there a misalignment in regards to these symptoms? And I would get a yes. Okay. And then is it in energy field? Is it in, is it a misalignment? Is it, so I'm asking all these questions like, Oh, it's a misalignment. Okay. Misalignment. Is it in a meridian? Is it in an organ? Is it in a gland? Is it in a system? And so then I, I keep narrowing it down until it comes to a specific thing. Oh, the amygdala gland is out. And that's the fight or flight. It can be easily startled or anxiousness, difficulty sleeping when that is out of alignment. And most things that are out of alignment are due to an emotion trapped, which can be like the size of your fist, energetically trapped in different places in our body, like a thousand of them probably for adults and kids have them too, you can come in this life with preconception emotions trapped. You can inherit emotions. You can inherit the energy of a bacteria. You can inherit um, memories, things like that, that are trapped. And then we don't know what it is, but it starts pulling us out of alignment. And so with the body code, emotion code, you keep going in. Okay, so the amygdala is, is out of, is misaligned. Is there anything else associated with that? Yes. Is it an emotion? Yes. Is it a common trapped emotion? No. Is it inherited? Yeah. So it's it just keeps going down, trying to really narrow it. And so say it's an inherited emotion of effort unreceived, which means that you've really put in an effort and nobody notices. And so it's, it becomes a negative trapped emotion or frequency. 
And the cool thing about inherited emotions is that doesn't matter how far down the lineage it started, everybody who's on that chain or off those branches that has inherited that is invited in the energetic realm and spirit realm of the session to also clear it. And then when you get all the way until you're like winding in the spider web to find all the little details that are out. And then sometimes it can be five things, sometimes one or two. And then you release it backwards. So you can't take the big concern and just release it when there's all these other things pulling and tugging on it. So then you start at the bottom and you work your way, clearing all the way to the, to the main issue. And to clear it, you're holding the intention, calling in all the helpers, the universe, the spirits, yourself, your higher self, all of that subconscious. And then you're using either a magnet or the energy of your hand anywhere on the meridian of the governing meridian. And so I'll use myself and just calling in and then asking to release the trapped emotion that it is specific. And you swipe a certain amount of times and then check, did that release? Yes. Okay. Then you go to the next one. Uh, realigning all the way up, realigning the amygdala. Did it realign? Yes. So it can be touchless. People that don't want hands-on therapy or in-person therapy, you can do it that way as well. And it's fascinating to find out what's been trapped, whether it's known or unknown, makes sense or doesn't. Because the subconscious, as you guys know, is like, the majority of our intelligence and it knows everything our three to five percent conscious mind is just a computer so we're just functioning and that's where the nlp comes in too in the hypnosis so blending them all together and with the frequencies depending on what comes up when then if something is having a hard time releasing or you're or there's you know parts work that needs to be done then we can go straight into that too so it sounds energetic. It sounds intuitive. And I'm curious, are you verbal? Like as you're going through this and you're like, oh, bing, it's that thing. Oh, is it this? Is it that? Are, is that, are you sharing that with the person or is that all just kind of, like they're laying there like, ah, in a nice zone that's day and you're like going through it all inwardly um, or does it get shared with them after? Um, I'm just curious about that. Yes. Yes. To the latter parts where I'm saying it all to myself in my head or quietly and then I, I'll take notes. And once something comes up, if somebody is, is wanting to participate in the process, then I'll say, okay, this is coming up. And also let them know that if anything comes to mind, that's what it is. If nothing comes to mind, your subconscious is saying, I got this. You know, you don't need to remember, you don't need to know the story. I'm just gonna clear, have it cleared for you. Most people want to just zone out. So the first part of the session is the frequency bed. And then I'll do some hands-on body work, emotional, uh, energetic work. And then sometimes um, brainwave entrainment where they're totally zoned out. And then I just do this to myself, take the notes, bring them back, and then tell them what was cleared. 
Yeah, that's so interesting. I, I was going to ask that question. Like, did they find out why for every single thing? And, you know, I, I guess not because, you know, the subconscious probably has things in there that, yeah, your conscious mind doesn't really need to know everything. You'd probably be overwhelmed. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I would want to know, you know, because to me, it's like, oh, if, if, to me, when you say like what you, you know, like inherited or what you brought in, like, I feel like my one, that's karma or so there's karma what my soul's learning. And so I brought it in whatever this heavy emotion that I didn't resolve before or this limiting belief. And then the parts that are in my ancestry, my perspective is that as a soul, I chose to be born into this particular ancestry because I wanted to help clear this for this ancestral line. And I think there's a lot of us on the planet, you know, that are here for this shift that's going on that intentionally chose to be born in certain ancestral lines so that we can change the patterns that are being continued on and on. And so, yeah, I would want to know. I mean, that's cool. I guess not everybody, would, but to me, it's like if, if somebody just clears something and, and then, then did I really like, am I going to learn and understand? I don't know. To me, that's like why we're here on the planet <laughs> to learn and grow and understand. Agreed. And I haven't had anybody say, I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> and when it's inherited, I always find out who it is specifically. Wow. Fascinating. Yeah. And that would be so cool. Yeah. And sometimes if you're a parent, you're then I ask it, did your child also inherit this? Because then it clears from both directions. And a lot of times too, it will, if the, if the person, if, if you were in there because you want to know, it would give me detail, like how old you were when this happened, who specifically did it come, come from, where is it trapped in your body? You now, what is it affecting? What are some imbalancing symptoms that you're having? It would tell me all of that so I could share it with you. I love how you combine all these different modalities as well, because, yeah, a lot of times I think, you know, certain modalities give us a piece of it. But then, you know, whether it's the information, but maybe not the shift or whether it's the relaxation and the restoration, but maybe not the understanding. But like the way that you've like woven in all these different modalities, it kind of gives you the complete whole package in a session. Yeah, thank you. I love it. And that's like, I have a hard time even explaining what a session is because it can look different for each person each time. And you may come in and say, hey, I want to do body code on this particular thing. But then what happens is something completely different. Yeah, okay. I can so resonate with yeah. that because when I first, you know, because I have a different things that I offer as well. And I used to have them very compartmentalized. And it's like, oh, this person came in for that. And so I was trying to like stick to that, you know, this person wants to have a past life today, but, but spirit always was like, oh no, they need inner child, you know, healing or whatever. And that's, what's going to happen right now. So I got used to like at the beginning of the session, kind of getting my client on board in my pre-talk telling them, I know you came in for this. I know you came in wanting to have a past life regression. I just want to let you know, I can't promise that we're going to go into a past life today because your soul's in charge, not me. What I can promise is your highest good will come out because I know that's how souls work, you know, but maybe your highest good is that you go into a past life or maybe your highest good is that you talk to your loved one on the other side, or maybe, you know, your highest good is that we 
work through a block that's affecting you and you're like, you know, so I try to get people to see the bigger picture. I'm, and so I say, I hope that you can be on board with me as well, because I'm showing up for your highest good and your soul showing up for your highest good. And if you will align, I'm sure, how can your highest good not happen today? It just might not look the way that we originally thought. And so that's been really freeing to kind of like get people to focus that way instead of like in this really kind of rigid, like, I want a, you know, <laughs> whatever that is. Loosen those expectations. Mm-hmm. I do the same as you too. And I, and I think it's really powerful for the individual to be able to just flow with it. And I'm sure you are the same way too. If something is is too much with a specific strategy, then you just start shifting it into another way because the, the self is saying like, Ooh, not quite. Let's go around a different way. And I've always been super emotional and in the body kind of person. So with the neurolinguistic, the NLP, it is shifting my perspective, which that's the whole key is being able to shift the neural pathways and the patterns and interrupting this conscious brain and being able to tell the subconscious mind, hey, you know what? this is actually what I want instead. And then how do we anchor that in? Right? Because the mind, this blows my mind, is the mind does not know the difference between real and imagined. Mm -hmm. It doesn't know the difference. Mm -hmm. So we are imagining loops and loops of things that we are trapped in our heads of like, oh, this must be happening, or this person must be doing that because of this, or my mom has got to be this, if I'm this way, because it's just the way I am. Like, no, that's not true. Unless you keep, it is true, because you're imagining it to be true. And even if something was real, like a, some kind of a trauma or a situation in life, we all have those, you can go back and reimagine it, right? Dissociated. And that's what I like about this is it's not associated people don't have to be in the problem i want you to not be in the problem i want you to pull outside of yourself and look at yourself like you're on a tv screen or in a in a picture somewhere outside of you and then you can use your visual auditory and kinesthetic brain to reimagine things how how would you have liked it to been Right. And then you use presupposition shifting. So using a language to change your perspective and language to alter your reality moving from now forward, because the past, sure, we can reimagine it. But really, let's stop living in the past. Let's live now and then for what's what we're going towards. And there tends to be two ways of living either away from pain, you know what you don't want, right? You're trying to fix everything. I know I don't want that. I know I don't want that. Um, You have guilt, pain, or loss. You're living in those cycles. Or you can move towards pleasure, what you do want. And that is such a hard question for people. And that was a hard question for me that I'm still working on is, what do I want? What does bring me pleasure in life? What actions, attitudes, values, behaviors can I have to move towards pleasure and not just away from pain? 
Yeah. On my intake form for hypnosis, it asks, what is your ideal results or intention for this session? And so many people put just what you're saying, what they don't want. (laughs) I don't want to feel any more pain. I don't want to keep thinking like, you know, it is even, but it's not worded that way, but just people are so used to focusing on what they don't want. And I like, you know, what you're saying about imagination. I think I think it's shifting, but for so long we were taught don't trust imagination is not real. Don't trust it. And we're like, oh, I'm an adult now. So that imagination stuff, that's silly. That's for kids. Not realizing we're imagining, like you said, all the time. We're like using that powerful force of our mind without even realizing it, constantly creating what we don't want by focusing on what we don't want. Mm -hmm. And that's an effective hypnotic induction, right? We're talking to ourselves. we're creating images, talking about them outside of our awareness. So then it shoves into the subconscious and typically people's eyes will be looking down, making a picture or a memory of how something feels and talking to themselves about it. And they don't even realize they're doing that because it's a pattern. And then when somebody goes in to ask them, hey, what are you feeling? And, or this is, you're depressed or this is happening they're shocked that they even have those feelings because it's never been in their awareness, you know, cause, cause it's like, if you're just running that super effective hypnotic induction to yourself, just in your head and in your own thoughts and seeing images and talking outside of your awareness to yourself about it, you get in that loop. And then the person's like, I don't know. I think I'm depressed. You know, like, well, what is that? And part of NLP, too, is being specific. So if you came to me and said, okay, this is, I don't know, I I think I'm I'm depressed. It's like, okay, how do you know you're depressed? And then they're like, I don't, I don't know. So I'm trying to get them to use descriptions on how they feel in their body instead of just in their mind. Or if I think this, um, okay, how do you know? how do you think it right so it's confusing people to switch the pattern so if you're on a train one train track for 10 20 30 years and you have to start a new track of positive thoughts or a new action or a new behavior you have to interrupt that pattern so whether it's like making a sound or suddenly saying hey what's your middle name what month were you born and they're like wait what uh, um, uh, Teresa, uh, uh, March, I don't, I don't know what's happening. And then you go to the positive part. So if somebody's, again, if somebody's trapped in their negative thing and they're just in their pattern, in their pattern, you interrupt it. And then you go to the, what they do want, what is positive and you lock that in. And then you can vi- have them visualize it, hear the sounds of it, and then feel it in their body. And then a great way is to anchor it in, touch a knuckle and hold that for a few seconds. And then you can stack positive anchors on top. So when they, if, and when they find themselves back in the negative pattern, say, instead of using a rubber band to snap yourself with, right. um, You can touch your anchor and it brings you back to the, the kinesthetic part, but really it's getting people more visual like being able to visualize the imagination, right? Visualize where you see yourself, visualize 
the limitation or the problem in a different way as a solution. And then using strategies, what is their solution? You know, not giving them options, letting them create it for themselves and then helping them with the language along the way, keeping it present tense or future-based. You know, what will happen when you have that? Right. And they're like, oh, and so the subconscious is taking in all these notes and realizing, oh, I already have that. So another one is the future when somebody says, oh, I will have that one day. Like, oh, well, you're just telling your subconscious that you're going to be chasing it. You know, I will have it. I will have it. I will have it. How about I what will happen when I have it now? Even just putting the word now in it. Right. So it's like. It's bringing the future to you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I love that, you know, you brought the conversation to this topic because it's something that I really love and I love talking about this. I could talk about it all day. Yeah, I because and it's awesome that you are working with people one on one in this way to help them with that because I feel like a lot of people like, you know, everything you're saying I've read in, in many books and this stuff has been around for a while. So these are actual things that people can do. And that's what I'm all about is like things that you can actually do in your body, in in your life to improve yourself and improve your life. And, you know, because we were talking about this in the last episode, you know, where we do a lot of passive things and hope that they help. And they do help. Some of them do. But doing something active, you know, that actually changes you and helps you is uh, more what we need, I think, in a lot of cases because like you were saying, you can get stuck in these loops in your own mind and you're just replaying this negative story. And it's like, where did this even come from? You don't even know. You're just doing it automatically. And so that's why people who don't do that can get on a roll. You know, you've ever been on a roll. Everyone's been on a roll in their life. Like, oh my gosh, like everything's just going perfectly because you broke out of that old negative loop and you got into a positive one and then it started feeding on itself. And so, you know, you have all these good things coming to you and, you know, they don't always last, obviously, but, you know, it's recognizing, you know, when it's, when you're in stuck like that and doing something to get yourself out of it. So working with someone to figure out techniques or things to do to help that I think is really important. And I'm happy that you're doing that for people. Yeah. Adding resources. Like you said, it's it's giving them the tools, giving them the resources so that each individual knows how to do it on their own. And you can come in for maintenance, right, or mentorship kind of stuff. But you don't need someone else for your well-being. You're learning how to interrupt yourself. You're learning maybe how to model people in your life, whether they're real or imagined, that you want to be like. And then you can even say, okay, this character in this book, I would love to be like that person. And then you can look at the filters of that person. What specifically do you like about them? And then start modeling that person, putting, it's like putting them, putting that suit on and testing it out and seeing how it fits in your life and making the adjustments um, or alterations. I find that that is a powerful tool for a lot of us, they're like, I don't even know. You know, that's the question is, I don't know. I don't know what I want or I don't know how to be successful. Maybe I'm scared of success. 
you know, maybe, um, maybe I sabotage my own success because I'm scared that I'm not going to be good enough. And so then you find that string you can while modeling, but you can find the string of, of where did that actually come from? That belief that you have, why do you believe, where did it come from? And then let's snip that string and allow you to move freely and not as a marinette. I love the modeling technique. I haven't used that one in a long time. I remember uh, in hypnosis training and I haven't used that one as much as I think it is really like you're saying, like if you were having, oh, I I can't imagine what it's like, you know, to be successful. Imagine you're Oprah Winfrey, you know, (laughs) like how would she be, you know, like, or, you know, or whoever, whoever the successful person, you know, but like, it can be fun, right? Just to, you know, like, how does she dress? You know, how does she smile? What's her posture like? Because when I love, when I was a child, my favorite thing to do was play pretend. And we were always like, pretend like this, pretend like that. And that was like my whole world always wanted to run around outside and play pretend. And then we get to be adults and, you know, we lose that fun aspect of using our imagination and we can create with that. And so it doesn't, you know, we think of this like inner work. I got to do this inner work and it's all heavy. Yeah, Yeah. it can be, it could be more, you know, we can imagine, okay, what would it be like if I try that path or what would it be like if I move there and how would that feel and, and feel into, you know, cause I'm saying feel because that's, I'm more um, clairsentient and kinesthetic. And so when people say visualize to me, I get really frustrated. Mm -hmm. And so I learned that I just, whenever somebody says visualize in my head, I switch it and I'm just like, Imagine, which imagine to me is kind of feeling and maybe hearing and sensing. But you can see it when you imagine, <laughs> right? Um, or can you? Because that would I, be the important part. If you were if you were sitting in front of me as a session and you were just saying, I'm unable to visualize or I get frustrated, then I would for sure really try to get you to visualize. Oh, you know, actually, that for me, that everyone's different, but my, the message I got from my higher self was that I chose to sort of shut that off because, because it's hard for me to be here in the physical and I like to escape. So I sort of like intentionally shut that out so that I could keep my more grounded awareness here. And I found with my clients as well, like maybe 15 to 20% of my clients are really not very inner visual. And rather than like trying to make them be inner visual. We just work all the other inner senses that we have can really activate. So you can, ex- you know, you can imagine something without having to visualize it. That's the perspective that I come from. And I, yeah. I feel like there's a reason why too. I, I, maybe I attract a lot of those people because I'm that way, but I'm really able to like experience something or also, I think it was for me, it was part of like learning to trust my inner feeling, inner knowing more even though I don't necessarily see it. Mm-hmm. So, so me, I, I, I when I say visualize, I don't mean um, possibly what, what it came across as. It's not like picture this, you know, it's mm-hmm. you can visualize whatever it is you need. You can visualize yourself being grounded, tapping into that part of the cortex of being able to, balance at least in the NLP stuff balance the the three portions of the brain to allow the imagination to shift more in the way you want it but what does it look like and it looks different to everybody visual people might see real specific visual things 
but, and I'm, I too am kinesthetic. So it's hard for me when people like visualize, I get so frustrated too. I'm like, I can't, I can't, but to realize I can visualize it within myself. Right. And then it's like, okay, well, if I'm looking at myself, a picture of myself that's in this place, what do I see? An analogy for me would be, you know, when I first started exploring meditation and spirituality and all that, I, a lot of people would talk about feeling things and I would never have that. I, I just didn't, I didn't know what that was. And I was like, how do, what do you mean feel, you know, like, what, what am I supposed to feel? Like I, I, I thought in terms of physical senses on my body and, and in my body. And I'm sure that happens for a lot of people. And it does occasionally for me now because I've become more attuned with my own self and my senses and all that. But the way I began to relate to it was someone explained that your heart can can sense and see things and perceive things. And somehow, I don't really know how to describe it in, in uh, like English words, but mm-hmm. my heart can see, you know, and my heart can yeah. feel and perceive things. And it's, there's really not a great way to describe that in our English language that is very limited, you know, but somehow the heart can know things and it really doesn't translate into words that well. So that's kind of what I hear happening here too, is like, yeah, we can see things, but you don't have to visualize them. You know, it's kind of like that, you know, it's like, you know, but you can't describe it. And so there's so much of that happening too with us in our lives. Like, and that has been described in, in different books and stuff that I've read where we have all these perceptions that we haven't labeled yet. We don't have words and concepts to describe them to other people, but we have them. They exist. Yeah. We can use them, but we don't have names for them and labels so that we can say, hey, do this. And, and people know what you're talking about. So, yeah, it's just a limitation that we're uh, working through. But I think we will. And most there are so many concepts that once they're described with words, then people do understand them. But until that happens, mm-hmm. it's almost like they don't exist. But they do. Right. But once they're labeled and described, then they become reality. It's just a, that's such a weird thing. And I'm, I'm going to go down this weird rabbit hole. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, I think that's common. I, I do want to mention something, though. I want to kind of go back to what we were talking about earlier and how you, Tiana, said that. Um, I thought that was so interesting because you've never told me that before, where people who come in to get hypnosis sessions with you would write down on the section, like, what do you want mm-hmm. to get out of this? Like, write down what they don't want to keep happening yeah. in their lives. And that's so funny because that's just what we're kind of programmed to do, I think, because it was just last night I was watching a video and this guy said that Charlie Munger, I don't know if you know who that is. He's Warren Buffett's partner. So he's a really like well-known investor. And he said that what he does for his like goal setting is he writes a list down of everything that he doesn't want to happen. And then he reverses it because what his theory is, is that the mind is really good at finding problems, like the conscious mind. It's almost designed to find problems that it can figure out. So it goes out and has no issue 
seeing where the issues are, right? Like it's, oh, there's, there's a problem, there's a problem. And it's just natural. So what he did is he uses that to his advantage. And so he would just write down like all these prob- potential problems that could come up in his life. And then he would just reverse it and say like, well, I'm going to do the exact opposite of this list and hope that, you know, things go that way. And so he's aware of what he's, you know, thinking and doing in that manner. And he, the funny one was, he said, yeah, I want to have a great marriage. So he wrote down everything he could do to destroy his marriage. And then, (laughs) and then he did the exact opposite. His wife didn't see that list. (laughs) To-do list. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm, I'm just curious, like, what do you do, Tiana? And I know this is Valerie's interview, but I kind of want to ask you, what do you do to, what do you tell people when they do that? Yeah, I point, I point it out. Just like you say, I say, I don't know if you know this about subconscious mind, but the subconscious mind doesn't understand not or don't. And mm-hmm. so if, I always just use this example. I don't even remember where it comes from. But like, so if I say to you, don't think of the purple elephant, right? you think of a purple elephant, you can't help it. And so mm-hmm. here on your list, you know, you're talking about all the things you don't want, but then your subconscious mind, if it, you say, I don't want to be angry, just like you don't want to think of the purple elephant, your subconscious mind's going to take in angry. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. We do what, what, what you said this other guy does. So let's switch that. So here you have a list of what you don't want, and then let's put it in the affirmative. And because that's how the subconscious mind works is it's going to, you want to focus on what you want, not what you don't want. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, and it's great because like, this is like getting towards the end of the year and we all, you know, the beginning of the year, everybody's writing down their, you know, their goals or their intentions or their resolutions or whatever. And so this is a good reminder for everyone, you know, just to, but it's like you said, it's, it's easier. Maybe people are so used to focusing on what they don't want. So that's okay. Start with that, but then transform it and and flip it to, to Mm -hmm. what you want. Was it MTV back in the day that did the, some guy, he said, don't fall in love with me. He wore that on a t-shirt just to see how many people would fall in love with him. Oh my gosh. Because like you said, you, Uh yeah, the mind doesn't know the, Mm -hmm. the, the don't, the nots. And so, yeah, it only hears the main word, the action word. That's such a good point too, because there are people like creepy people that <laughs> use them right. in like, <laughs> because unfortunately, like in hypnosis, still some people it has a bad rap because there are kind of like those snake oil type salesmen type of people who try to use NLP and hypnosis to manipulate, yeah, manipulate people and so forth. And so anyway, once you know these things, it's really funny when salespeople call you, you know, and you can really catch like, I know what you're doing. I see what you're doing there. It's kind of fun or funny or annoying, but (laughs) yeah, it's good for us to all to understand how the subconscious mind works because it's so powerful. And so to not be using it and to not understand it when, you know, even if somebody doesn't come to you or, or me or somebody like us, these are things that everyone can start to use in their life, like you're mm-hmm. saying. And I also really like how you mentioned the interrupt, a pattern interrupt. I don't really like to do that much stop smoking anymore. But when I first started with yeah. hypnosis, of course, that's kind of bread and butter. So many people do stop smoking. And in addition to the hypnosis recording that we would create together, I'd also kind of talk to them about in their life. And I'm like, okay, so in addition to this, you're going to want to 
interrupt the pattern. You know, when and where do you smoke during the day normally? Okay. If in the morning, you know, you go out and you sit in your favorite chair on the patio and smoke, like instead you got to move that chair or go sit somewhere different. If you always drink it with your cup of coffee, then maybe you have a cup of tea and because otherwise we're just, like you said, we're in these loops. And so things that kind of like wake us up and let us conscious choice make that's what the whole pattern interrupt is so important because it kind of snaps us back into the here and now otherwise we're just kind of like going through these loops of these you know neural pathway patterns Mm -hmm. that are like well-worn grooves oh yeah Um, yeah. gotta give it a new path and physiological shift is the easiest where somebody can stand up and sit down right or like you said move the chair or or do just do a different action or if you catch yourself, you start learning to catch yourself in those negative patterns, and then you can uh, do the wave. You know, you can <laughs> anything, make it fun, get, yeah. you know, shake your head or roll your shoulders, and that that interrupts it. So moving your body, having that physiological shift is a pattern interrupter. So that's an easy one for for everyone you know, listening and to share it with others too, is you catch yourself saying, oh, I don't want that or that hurts or whatever. Oh, you know, do the way, <laughs> do a little shimmy and then, ooh, okay, you know, towards pleasure. What do I, I like want? adding the foot, how, instead of like you said, instead of like the rubber band that you're like smacking right. yourself with, like, oh, get up and do the wave. That's much more fun. We can like play with this. We can add right. more play into our lives. Uh, yeah, I think that's so helpful. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for yeah, sure. We don't, we don't want the pain, the pain with it. We just want the pleasure, make it mm-hmm. fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so Valerie, you're, you kind of remind me of a Renaissance woman. You're, you're like a jack of all trades. Cause I went out to your place for a session and you combined a lot of different modalities to do the session. It's really unique experience and, and it's very helpful. And then at the same time, you know, you're like building this community out there, but like in a literal sense, you're like, you're building something out there that people can physically go to and experience what it is that you're doing. You're trying to express into this world. Do you find that other people are attracted to your place or to you because of that, because of what you're trying to do? Because when I was there, it seemed like you found like all the right people to do what you needed to do. Like you had this really awesome couple of carpenters out there and they were building for you and how did you make all that happen? Uh, I imagined it (laughs) and then uh, through that really just dreaming it up and just really wanting it and, and thinking to myself yes that can be a reality of course it can you know, and then shifting along the way. And, and then with it being a community, you know, there's other therapists that come in here and work here. There's people that come just to be guests. And eventually I'd like people to be able to, even now, like if you want to, if you want to come out and just be on the land, the land itself feels really good. Being so close to downtown, so accessible, really to, to have a place that's welcoming and safe to just be and to walk around with other therapists or myself or retreats that happen here and events like hey come early and stay late you're not just rushing into a parking lot getting your session and coming back out without any integration you're able to hang out a bit walk the land before your session or before your event 
and hang out a bit afterwards and just be present with yourself and with some trees and with the land just for a little bit and maybe become part of the community. You know, do you want to offer a service out here or do you want to come have a picnic out here with your friends? It's malleable, it's flexible, and it's that part's exciting to me to know that it's it's just able to just kind of shift and move and it's you know, it's still shifting what what works, what doesn't. And but part of your question is yes, I I think that the people that do find their way out here really need this type of place. You brought up a couple of really great points. One about the land, because I think with all the high vibrational stuff that's coming through, and and I'm excited about this shift that we're going through on the planet, but then we need to be able to ground it. You know, we're accessing all of this stuff. And so to have that deeper connection to the land, because those of us that live in the city, you know, like I don't have any land, you know, I go out my patio and it's got concrete there. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so to be able to have, or, you know, and I love having an office that's really nearby, but it doesn't have, yeah, grass that people can go and walk on mm-hmm. right after their session to ground. And so it's really great that you have that and it's not that far out of the city. And the other piece is community because we're mm-hmm. moving in this or depending on who you ask, we're already in (laughs) the Aquarian age. And so it's really, it is more about groups and the collective. And so to have a sense of, I'm not going through this alone and, and that we can lean on each other. We don't all have to have the same gifts and skill set and things that we bring to the table. We just need to be connected to people that do. And then that's kind of like, you could either see it, it's kind of like going back to, you know, the old times where we all kind of helped each other. And I think that we need that because yeah. I think that's probably part of our major societal dysfunction is just our lack of connection with each other. Mm-hmm. So to have, I've seen that so much where people um, want community and they want in-person community. They want yeah. to connect with, you know, give somebody a hug or, or missing, you know, these kinds of things. Yeah. So I love that you created that. And maybe also it encourages others who are like, oh, I always wanted to do that. Maybe, you know, they'll hear what you just said and they'll imagine in their mind now, like, what would that be like? What would I like right. my place to be like? You know, where would I want to create that? How would that feel or look (laughs) and Mm -hmm. so forth. Yeah. Y'all can come out here and have a day in the office out here. You know, if you have, if you've got either podcasters in person that you want to do and sit out, sit out in nature or have a day and have your, your clients come out, the ones that would need it. You know, I I, need to come check it out for sure. yeah. 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 Or when I'm ready, you know, I keep saying I have, I have a few more books in my head that I need to like, make time to write, but it's, it's a lot easier to write when I'm out in nature and kind of unplugged. Yeah. So that's I could imagine that. Good for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You cool. definitely have to check it out. It's really amazing. And I haven't even seen it, you know, in, in a couple of years, but when I was there, it was awesome. Wonderful. Are there other things that you want to share that we haven't touched on? I'm just really excited to, to see how everything shifts and shapes out here and with others and really just being curious and into the discovery part of things. 
you know, versus the worry. Like I'm learning to be more in discovery mode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How did you, I mean, because like I said, the last time that you, we had you on was like really talking about kind of maybe sound and energy healing. How did you come to, to this whole other chapter is, are you, cause I know for myself, like I'm somebody who's constantly just like, and Jim knows this about me. I'm like constantly wanting to learn something new and growing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so curious. And I keep wanting, I have like a very strong drive to evolve, to evolve myself. And so that means that I'm constantly reading more books and trying more practices and, and then spirit drops things in. And I was kind of wondering if that was the case for you or if you feel kind of like, okay, now I'm good. I have my toolkit. Or do you think like you're the kind of person that you'll probably, if we have you on in three more years from now, there'll be five more things that you're offering now or? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like you. I'm like you. I, I can't stop. I'm just so curious. I don't know. I mean, I can't say ever or never, right? Or I shouldn't because I can't see myself super complacent. Like, okay, this is it. And part the whole parts work like part of me would like to just be (laughs) complacent and go, Uh all right, this is my jam. This is what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. But that discovery and curious part that always is seeking and wants to know more. I'm so fascinated by so many things that I feel like I'm always in reading a book or in some kind of a class or getting another teacher or a mentor and, and just whether it's to add to the toolbox of my offerings to others or just to myself. Mm-hmm. I, I think it, I really believe that into hopefully my old age that I will still be so curious. Yeah, that happens for me a lot. A lot of times I'm just like curious about something for myself and and then, but then it's like so amazing that I can't help. I have to, I want to share this with people. That's what right. always happens for me is like, I can't help, but like whatever has like been really helpful or powerful for me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to share this with people and, and tell other people about it or, you know, offer it to them or whatnot. So it's just kind of organically happens that way. Yeah, it does. I've also always, always wanted the culture of taking to the waters, right? In quotes where having healing waters and different temperatures and different minerals and replicating nature underground so that people can learn the the soaking culture, right? I really, really want that out here. And I know there's a there's a two companies now coming into the U.S. that are uh, replicating geothermal pools. Oh wow! Yeah, the biggest one in the world is going into Atlanta right now. Hmm. And yeah, so I I'm part of well, I'm a member of the Balneology Association. Um, but a, a, a friend of mine is the president there. So balneology is the study of healing waters. And she's for sure. I was like, what is that? Yeah, what's balneology? <laughs> the study of healing waters. And what a fascinating life she lives. And her son lives here too. And he's a water wizard and helps build all these structures. But she knows where all the hot springs are. And in the balneology association, which anyone can join in and, and listen to the calls and it's the spa owners in North America talk about how they're structuring things, the culture of it, of soaking and the different minerals and the contents and um, just how to bring that section of community together. That's been in my mind for like 20 years. (laughs) 
Wow. Yeah. For sure. I'm coming when I love a good soak. Like whenever oh, I go yeah. somewhere, I'm always like, do they have hot springs? And I'm always looking right. for that. And maybe it's my Pisces rising in my cancer sun. Yeah, that's amazing. And I could see how you could, you know, blend the things that you're doing and how when people are in water, how much mm-hmm. that helps them to get in touch with their emotions and also to kind of open the psychic field. So mm-hmm. what a cool another thing to kind of add in there. Right. So hopefully, maybe three years. Let's uh, all imagine we'll, it for we'll you. <laughs> yes, please imagine it. Send, send it. Woo, 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 woo. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, Valerie, we're out of time. And this was an awesome conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time and to come on and talk with us. And um, can you let our listeners know where they can find you? Yeah. And thanks for having me again. You can find my website at ValerieBachman.com and V-A-L-E-R-I-E-B-A-C-H-M-A-N.com. And then you can also look up Mandala Hills here, Mandala, M-A-N-D-A-L-A, Hills.com. And then the Mandala Hills website has links to um, anybody, the people that also are out here. It takes you to everybody's sites. Great. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, have to make it out there. <laughs> Putting it on my 2023 list intention in my mind. <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Illusion. I'd like to say thank you very much to Valerie for taking the time to talk with us and for sharing her gifts and knowledge with us. If you'd like to find out more about the services she offers, you can go to ValerieBachman.com. And if you'd like to find out more about her wellness center, you can go to MandalaHills.com. Thanks to everyone that made this podcast possible. Produced and hosted by Tim Howe and Tiana Roser. Music by Casey Henson. For more information about us or to access past episodes, please visit BeyondTheIllusionPodcast.com. We also have Beyond the Illusion merch on our website now, too. So if you're interested, check it out. Also, please remember to subscribe and leave a rating wherever you listen. This will help other people find us. Take care.